0: Right here we are for our third uh, Wednesday in Lent uh, in the category of foot washing. Today we're going to be speaking of good grief. I'm just going to read the passage in Zechariah, uh, the two that we've already covered, and the one we'll be focusing on today about grief. I will pour out on you a spirit of grace and supplication. We will look upon the one that we have pierced, and we will mourn as one grieves. For an only child. St. John Vianney, Vianney, the Cure of Ars, patron saint of pastors, writes this I cry because you won't. A great friend of mine, a worship leader, Carol, studied voice at a large university where she sang in a musical ensemble. She was surrounded by a handful of gay-identified young men her age who were out and proud. What first struck her about them as funny soon became catty and unclean and demeaning of women. After one long rehearsal, she was so conflicted, she just burst out crying. Her tears became the only prayer she could make for these men that she loved but whose sin hurt her and the God she worships. Sin makes us poor. It invites us before the one we pierced. Somehow, he who is familiar with sorrow releases ours. Tears ensue. Grief is a normal response to loss. In this case, a loss of innocence, of purity, of clarity. We no longer know who we are, sexually speaking. Our loved ones morph into new couplings and identity configurations. We adopt new mannerisms. We seem to be digressing in our sexual clarity. That destabilizes those of us who know better. And we are then derided for antiquated virtues like chastity and the the audacity to say, actually, you're made a man or a woman, and you're created to become that man, that woman. When words fail us, we can look upon the one we pierced in our sin sickness We weep because those around us won't. I weep more than normal these days. I love my neighbors. I always look for chances to encourage them in Jesus. Those neighbors that I know are unchaste, out of one marriage into another, just shacking up, wondering how long this live-in partner will last. A few neighbors fly rainbow flags. One female couple is raising a boy as non-binary. These are well-intentioned people who have lost their way. I grieve for their wandering, their loss of clarity reflected in their sexual and relational lives. I grieve more for the church that sends my neighbors confusing signals. Maybe the church that fails to live her truth, which in turn weakens all of our capacity to aspire to chastity, as in the the very sad impact of Mike Bickle's divided life. Or maybe it's the church that uses her authority almost as a come-on asserting the truth, then applying that truth in a way that is confusing and unhelpful pastorally, devoid of hope for real integration. I refer to the almost incomprehensible blessing of immoral couples framed by fiducious supplicants. But I also refer to evangelical versions like Revoice, and, and teacher Preston Sprinkle, who is getting a lot of airtime. These latter two revoice, uh, kind of annual gathering with lots of in-person and virtual gatherings, and Sprinkle, uh, simply a, a, a teacher himself. They insist on biblical sexual ethics on one hand, then make all kinds of allowances for queer configurations in Jesus' name, as if we're serving his house by assimilating all of this LGBTQ reality within it. It's nothing short of the queering of Christianity, and progressive evangelicals are eating it up right and left. This Lent, we need to look upon the one that we have pierced, God's perfect image in humanity, and weep, over our loss of clarity concerning that image in our humanity and our need for redemption. It's not enough that we just grieve for ourselves, our own little compromises. Yes, we may be personally wounded by our own sins or by the sins of others, but we have to grow beyond our own losses to what's at stake for that family member or for that friend or neighbor, for our parishes, our diocese, the global church. This Lent, might we allow the Spirit to supersede our mere personal losses with the losses impacting others, our world, and the church today? I'm convinced that our sincere grief over today's sexual confusion We'll keep our hearts free from despair and hardness, free for Jesus, free for the future of a better body, a remnant that's clear and chaste and strong and compassionate. That requires intimate dependence on our part, joining our brokenness to his brokenness in order to move in step with him. He's gathering an army who will collaborate with him in the saving of many lives. And that's what we're going to be looking at in the weeks ahead. Please continue to join us. Thank you.